Okay, Tony fans, the nominations are out, and we have two Broadway geniuses with you. We have Brian Lipton, who continually beats the rest of us pundits at Gold Derby and recently did it with the Tony nominations. Congratulations, Brian. And Michael, <laughs> Michael Mustafa always does well and always beats me, at least. Brian, you first here. How the hell did you kick all of our butts with the best score? What did you know? Uh, pretty much the way I tend to do this is that I vote, and I am an actual Tony voter, I tend to just vote my ballot. I, I tend not to try to guess anybody else's and just pick my five favorites in every category. So if I did it in best score, I kind of picked the ones I like the best. What about you, Michael? Um, I go with what I think they're going to remember, but it's really impossible to predict. Are they going to remember Choir Boy? American Sun. There's some, some plays that got zero nominations, like uh, the last two that I just mentioned. Uh, in this case, I feel that the Tony Committee pierced through a lot of the baloney. A lot of people are screaming, oh my God, shocked and, and snub. No, they actually realized that King Lear was not all that. They realized that Be More Show could not be more terrible. Hillary <laughs> Clinton uh, is not a good play. Uh, there was another one. Um, yeah, American Summit, I mentioned. I'm glad they didn't remember that. I thought that was a terrible play. But then there are some people that seem like lots for nomination. I thought largely Christian would be in there. As the sound is really terrible, Tom. Keep going. <laughs> okay, you just be careful. <laughs> Uh, Leslie Fisher, I thought was a lot for Beetlejuice. For a show like that, which is a real mixed bag, it could have been eight nominations. Leslie Fisher should have been one of them. I think that was such a hard category this year. There were so many great supporting actresses, and there were so many of them doing great comic work. I mean, I adored Leslie, and she was one of my picks. I also had to leave somebody out. Right, but I also would have gone with Bonnie Milligan from Head Over Heels, and yeah. Head Over Heels nothing. That time, that was the Go Go's musical, which was set to an epic poem, uh, and it got nothing. And I think it was misunderstood and much better than people said it was. Here's one thing that I noticed with uh, the nominations that was really out of whack this year. Normally, as pundits, what we look for when we try to make our prediction for best play or best revival or best musical, we uh, look to see which show has a corresponding nomination for director, right? Well, look at all of these shows that were nominated for best production, whether revival, play, musical, but did not get nominated for director. That's Kiss Me, Kate, Beetlejuice, Boys in the Band, All My Sons, Waverly Gallery, Constitution, Choir Boy. But yet the uh, some of the shows snubbed for these nominations in the top races like Mockingbird and Network did get in there for director. Did that strike any of you guys as strange? Well, if you look um, at the director nominees for play, uh, there are no revivals in there. It gives you no clue as to what revivals they favor. It's all new plays. I thought what the Constitution means to me definitely should have been up for direction. I'm not sure about the direction of Gary. It was pretty much set at a very high pitch. Not sure why that got in there. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I agree on some of those counts. I mean, I think uh, with Kiss Me Kate, part of it is that Scott Ellis uh, directed both Kiss Me Kate and Tootsie, and although there are other instances where you can get double nominations, I think maybe there they decided to spread the wealth and add another director in. I was a little surprised that Jack O'Brien didn't get one for all my sons, considering how well it was 
received. Um, and I, he's sort of a Tony favorite, so that one surprised me. Um, on the other hand, Evo Von Hope for Network, even though I didn't think the play deserved a nomination, I had put him in my list because it's such a flashy piece of direction. It really is a director's piece more than anything else. And obviously that was something the committee found um, worthwhile. But, you know, you can only have five in any category, so there's always going to be some notable omissions. Okay, let's go to the winners now. Uh, we're all predicting Hades Town to win Best Musical, but what is the most serious threat to that? Is it Tootsie? Is it The Prom? Is it Ain't Too Proud? Michael, you first. Tootsie would be the strongest competitor. I love Tootsie. It's hilarious. It's very well adapted from the movie. However, if you notice, uh, in the last several years, they have not gone for a feel-good show. I think Kinky Boots would probably be the last kind of feel-good show. The last maybe four or five have been things that started off Broadway or started somewhere and, you know, evolved into a Broadway production. Things with a lot of pedigree and a lot of pretension, from Hamilton to Fun Home to Dear Evan Hansen. Band's Visit was last year. Town fits right into that genre. And it's all atmosphere. It's beautifully done. What would I rather sit through again? Tootsie. <laughs> what are we going to give an award to? Hades Town. But, my, um, uh, Brian, before you answer this now, sure. uh, let's stick with this point. This is the kind of pattern and bias we're looking for as pundits. It used to be said, in some circles still is, that, oh, you can predict the best musical Tony easily by just getting inside the heads of the producers of the road tours. Whatever show has the best potential commercially out there uh, on the road tour uh, will win. And that was always a very good guiding light to us as pundits. But that's not necessarily true in this case. Uh, I would think The Prom had a better financial uh, uh, afterlife beyond Broadway than Town. or am I wrong? Um, they're both tricky subjects. Um, I, I, I was going to go back to your point of what I think the most serious threat is to Town, and I think that might be ain't too proud because, to me, that's the ultimate road producer show. <laughs> It'll play really well in a big arena. The Temptations are well-known to older audiences who make up a lot of the road. Um, I think the prom might be a little too edgy. Um, I had issue. I like Tootsie. I do have issues, but I still, even on Broadway, wonder exactly what the audience is for a musical comedy remake of a 36-year-old movie that I don't think is a classic that I don't necessarily think people really remember as well as the producers seem to think they did. And, um, and without a star in the part here, um, I think it's going to be a tougher sell. And I think without a star in the road, it's going to be impossible. Whereas Ain't Too Proud doesn't need a star. So I have, I have to disagree about the movie of Tootsie, which is considered like one of the 10 best uh, American comedies of all no, time. I, I do mean it. That is true. And if Beetlejuice has people foaming at the mouth, you know, over the sandworm, I'm sure Tootsie has them too. But uh, Tom, I bet Hades Town will announce a tour before the Tony voting starts. Whether that tour happens or not, I guarantee you they will announce a tour. <laughs> of course, yes. Uh, anything beat Ferryman? You know, you're uh, in the article, the brilliant article you wrote for us yesterday, uh, uh, Michael, you uh, mentioned the fact that uh, uh, the Ferryman has the pretentious British import, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it's been a long time since dancing at Lucan's or whatever that was. That, no. that, that, what, thank you. A uh, one best play. So, so is that 
this this assumption you're making still true about what wins best play on Broadway? Uh, Tom, are you forgetting that Red won best play? Are you forgetting that History Boys won best play? Uh, British pedigree comes in and wins very often, except for King Lear. And um, <laughs> I would say the biggest threat to Ferryman is To Kill a Mockingbird, but it wasn't nominated. <laughs> and much- why wasn't it nominated? I think Michael Nine Lane nominations and not... not- what- Ryan, what do you think? No, I said Michael made the perfect point. I mean, I I personally think Ferryman is the best play, but if I had had to bet before this, I might have actually put my bet on Mockingbird. I think without that in the race, I don't think there is any real competition. Um, as good as the other plays may be, I don't think they quite rise to the level of the ferrymen. And again, I think Michael makes a great point about the British pedigrees. As to why Mockingbird wasn't nominated, um, that's really a question that I still can't answer. I've read some things about some people found it um, sort of racist in, in, in its depictions, and some people objected to the way Sorkin adapted Lee's novel, and maybe that, you know, the Tony Committee is 42 people, and that's obviously something maybe they thought, but I have no inside info. It's quite possible, it's quite possible that after Green Book won Best Picture, people don't want to honor another thing that's perceived as a white hero of racism. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. I like that point a lot. No, I do wonder how much, um, I don't want to say, you know, diversity issues um, really did play a part in this year's nominations. I mean, I'm thrilled for Choir Boy. I'm really happy even for all that. Pr- um, ain't, the pr- ain't too proud. But I do think it was interesting that we saw some plays that were very POC-oriented and musicals make the top where other things didn't. But the three actors nominated for Mockingbird are all white. Yes. Next. And there's also a lot of, you know, but there are also three gay actors, openly gay actors, playing gay characters nominated for supporting actor in a play. And I think that's significant also. Right. But that doesn't make them black. No, no, no. But I'm saying this in the larger... Very We're strong. talking diversity here. Okay, look, the, the category where we all have the most disagreement among the seven pundits who have piped in so far, and uh, uh, if, if you're one of our experts that haven't made your predictions yet, I'm yelling at you, do it. And, and by the way, all of you, make these guys are good. Brian hasn't logged his winner predictions yet, but he still has his nomination predictions so what i'm going at is is we have we're evenly divided between waverly gallery and all my sons but the one naysayer uh, among our little group of experts who says oh no 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 it's not either one of those it's boys in the band that's gordon cox of variety who tied brian lipton right here for the yeah. best prediction score so uh brian you first best play revival can boys in the band win and what will win Certainly it can win. I mean, I think it actually was a great production and it sort of maybe back in people's minds because of Ryan Murphy's announcement that he's filming it for Netflix. Um, so I think it's not out of the question that it could come from behind. I mean, like Waverly Gallery, it's closed. Um, and the fact that All My Sons got somewhat more of a mixed Tony reaction than I expected it to, and it is a limited run at the roundabout. Um, The producers may have no real incentive to vote for it either. Um, So I won't be surprised if it takes takes the top spot. 
I haven't made that decision yet. Yeah, I think it's a wild card category. Uh, they do tend to favor currently running shows like All My Sons, though I think Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf won a few years ago after it had closed. Uh, Boys in the Band, I thought was amazing. Uh, first time that play had ever been on Broadway. It was a landmark gay play done with all out gay actors. I thought Zach Quinto was the only weak link in the cast. I was happy they nominated Robin DeJesus for Featured. He was terrific. Uh, I'm going with All My Sons just because it was so powerful. It should have been up for director, I agree. Uh, Waverly is gone. Is, uh, Waverly is as gone as the character's mind. Uh, best actress. We all have Stephanie J. Block winning for the Share Show, but why are we doing that when these divas like Lachance last year with the Donna Summer a jukebox musical didn't win? And here we have the you know, the power, uh, almost a very similar situation where she's one of three actresses portraying Share. Why does she win and Lachance? Doesn't. LaShawn's had already won for The Color Purple. You're forgetting that. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie has never won. She was fantastic in Falsettos, uh, Mystery of Edwin Drew, 9 to 5. She's one of those hardworking people. She wasn't that great as Liza Minnelli in The Boy From Oz. She's much better as Cher. Uh, she manages to embody Cher while still bringing Stephanie J. I call her Stephanie J. Blige. How's that? Uh, She doesn't sell her soul by just doing an impersonation. She brings so much to that part. The other two women are terrific as well, but you come away humming Stephanie J. Block. I totally agree. I think it's a remarkable performance um, as somebody who can bring her own personality to one of the most iconic performers ever, but you see, as Michael really wisely pointed out, a little bit of Stephanie, a lot of Cher, and she really dominates it over the other women in her cast, as good as they are. Um, This also isn't as strong a year for women in musicals as we've seen in the past. Um, I mean, Beth Level is brilliant in the prom. Um, That said, Beth also has a Tony, and Beth is doing what Beth has done in a lot of other shows, as great as it is, and that may not impress uh, voters. Um, Caitlin Kinkunen, who's her co-star in The Prom, is very good, but I think some people may feel that was more of a supporting part that should have been left in supporting. Um, and, you know, we all have wonderful things to say about Kelly O'Hara, um, but, you know, she's now a seven-time nominee. She won two years ago. Um, I, so I don't think Tony voters are overly sentimental, but I don't see that this is the one where they're going to give Kelly the second Tony two years in a row. So I think Stephanie also, in a way, got lucky as brilliant as she is by having this particular group of competitors. Uh, Michael, you mentioned that these shows that are closed, of course, are disadvantaged uh, with the current voting. Uh, Going on months later, Waverly Gallery closed in, what, February, I think. Uh, We all have Elaine May out front to win because she's Elaine May, and she's a legend, and this is a very rare uh, moment uh, in the sun for her. Uh, But Annette Bening just steals the show in All My Sons, which uh, I agree with both of you, is very powerful and didn't get the uh, New York Times review that it deserved. And and then you've got Tony Magnet, uh, Laurie Metcalf in this race for Hillary and Clinton, which I think was underrepresented in the nominations. I thought it was superbly written. And I think that uh, I can understand why Lithgow wasn't nominated. But while we've got three strong divas here, Elaine May, Annette Bening, Laurie Metcalf, any one of them can win. Why are we picking the one who 
isn't currently on a Broadway stage. The only one who could beat Elaine May is Glenda Jackson. And she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Tom, somebody pointed out on one of the Broadway boards, they went with six Best Actress nominations and Glenda still didn't get it. It's a real diss. Um, I guess they prefer Janet McTeer's Hamlet to Glenda Jackson's Lear. <laughs> uh, in any case, yes, I would say Annette Benning is the strongest contender. She really turns it out. She's very present in the role of the kind of wife who knows the reality but is clinging to the falsehood that her son is still alive. And if she realizes why her son is still alive, it's a very chilling reason that is given. I'll leave it to you if you have never seen All My Sons. However, Elaine May to me is a slam, slam dunk. She's a legend. She's a Broadway and movie legend. And she was heartbreaking in the role of a woman losing her marbles. Uh, she made the character adorable. I didn't see the original Waverly Gallery with Eileen Hecker. I imagine Eileen played her kind of more shrewish. That was her bent, and she was brilliant as well. Elaine makes the character just so darling. You want to hug her, and you feel like a, a beloved aunt is slipping away before your eyes. I think what was, I did see Eileen Hackard, and, and I don't know if I'd say shrewish, but she was a lot flintier. I think what was amazing about Elaine's performance is, first of all, I mean, it was her first live Broadway performance in over 50 years, but it didn't even feel like she was acting. I've rarely seen anybody of any age or any um, skill just so totally become a character. Um, you real, there were really people in those audiences who thought like Elaine May herself wasn't remembering these lines because it was so real and so present. Mm -hmm. And I, that's going to go a long way with voters on top of the fact that this is probably the only chance we're ever going to see. I don't think Elaine May is going to decide to do 900 more plays in the twilight of three years. And this will be our one chance to honor her. Um, Annette Benning to me was a revelation. I called the triumphant. I am so glad she's finally back on the New York stage. Um, but hopefully it's not her last chance on the New York stage. Um, and hopefully we'll have another option to honor her with the Tony Award, hopefully in the very near future. Um, but she's certainly deserving of it if, if by some chance she can overtake Elaine May. But I agree with Michael. I think it's a slam dunk. We never thought of Elaine May as a dramatic actress. I certainly never did. So that was a special revelation to see a comedian get up there and give a dramatic performance of that magnitude. Of these three actresses, uh, Annette Benning is the one who gives the most dynamic performance on a Broadway stage right now of those three. Laurie Metcalf is really, really, really good as Clinton, but she's playing Laurie Metcalf, which was, I think, a wise choice. She didn't try to do any impersonation, but I think she loses points for for that too. Now, jumping over to two, um, best actor in a play. Yeah, we say Brian Cranston will win for Network because that's been the pattern where the bombastic performance, like Denzel Washington, the bombastic performance by a very uh, celebrated uh, superstar wins here. But Network underperformed with the nominations. Of course, it wasn't nominated for best play. Adam Driver really nails it and burn this. And they're both up against Jeff Daniels and To Kill a Mockingbird, who gives a very understated performance. But come on, it's Jeff Daniels. And every time we underestimate him, he surprises us. Where do you guys stand on this? this is this an absolute lock for Brian Cranston? Or is there hope for Adam or Jeff? Or Jeremy Pope or uh, Patty Constantine? 
I wouldn't say a lock, but I'm going with Brian, and I've been doing that for a long time, and I knew that Network would not get a play nomination. I thought it was tremendous, but most people responded more to the presentation of it than the actual play. Jeff Daniels, again, white hero of racism, people feel icky about it, but he's never won. Brian has won before. Adam Driver, uh, tremendous. He really just takes over that stage. Some people thought he had nothing to work with with his co-stars. I thought they did okay. Um, I'm still going with Brian Cranston because like Elaine May's performance, it was one of those staggering things for the ages, something you'll never forget. It wasn't just a screaming Howard Beale. He brought so much texture to it. He brought poignancy and heartbreak and pathos. And he was like a screaming anchorman that you see on Fox, except he's somebody who really cares. And his dementia comes out of actual concern about the world falling down the cracks. And it's an Oscar winning performance. Uh, yes. Peter Finch. Yes, I, I think Michael put a, all of that very well. And I think one thing that's very true of both Elaine May and Brian Cranston is, I mean, these are shows that open fairly early in the season. And given the amount of shows Michael and I and, and Tony voters, I mean, basically less than we do, but um, it's easy for those things to fade from memory. But I can basically remember almost every little thing Brian Cranston did during Network because it was so powerful, it was so poignant. Um, I can remember the smaller moments as well as the bigger moments. Um, there's a reason he's the one thing everybody's talking about, and I think that will guide him well through Tony's season. I think you make a really good point, Tom. Um, I think Jeff Daniels, a wonderful actor and a lovely man, but that performance is a little too understated, um, especially compared, I think, maybe with Gregory Peck in the movie, The Ultimate Atticus Finch. Um, uh, he has a comparison. I mean, yes, Cranston has to go up against Peter Finch, Finch Finch, but um, I think it's very hard to step into Gregory Peck's shoes, and um, maybe the understatement of that doesn't help. Adam Driver, again, um, really powerful and burned this, sort of the irony that the first time on Broadway, Malkovich did not win the Tony, Joan Allen did, Jerry Russell not even nominated. Um, but I think Adam Driver is also a case of somebody who's young and although he's worked off Broadway and certainly does a great deal of movies, he'll be back on Broadway and I think we'll just wait for another opportunity to give him a Tony. It will happen sooner or later. And I also think the fact that Laurie Metcalf um, sliding back has already announced that she's doing Virginia Woolf next season. You know, I think a lot of voters may just be holding off their votes till they see that. <laughs> right. Tony. Let's wait till she does Martha. The ultimate, like, you know, possibility against a Tony Award. Well, if she did win, I think she'd be the only actress to ever win three in a row, literally. Yeah, this year she would. And even if it's next year, three and four, I think is three and four years is pretty much a record, too. And as for, as for her co-star, John Lithgow, who was not nominated for Best Actor, he plays Bill Clinton in Hillary and Clinton. They actually pushed him in an ad in the Times for featured featured actor. He, he's on stage 95% of the show. Two <laughs> title category fraud, and it failed. Yes, I know. He didn't get any category. And he's, right. he's very good. He's very good. Well, do you think, Michael, that had the committee agreed to put him in supporting that he would have been nominated? But then I think he would have been. Okay, let me what let me give Michael some grief here about one prediction of his I just don't believe. I don't believe your prediction for featured actress in a musical, Ali Stroker beating both Sarah Stiles from Tootsie and Amber Gray from Hadestown. Uh most of us pundits I believe had Amber Gray. What are you thinking here, Michael? You're always causing uh, that she's brilliant. That, <laughs> uh, 
You can imagine Eddie Lanny in a wheelchair singing I Can't Say No and spinning that wheelchair and, and bringing so much to that song. Uh, I can't imagine you not appreciating that performance. I agree that Sarah Stiles is equally wonderful in Tootsie. She plays the Terry Gar part. She has a recurring neurotic song about what's going to happen next. And uh, the third choice was, uh, who was it, Tom? Amber, Amber. Amber. Amber Gray is fantastic as Persephone in Hades Town. Any of those three could win. And, of course, I'm one of four people who put up my predictions yesterday. This is not locked in stone. I can okay. change. <laughs> make them wrong. Usually I'm right at the beginning. So I think you should go with Ali Stroker. Um, I, I don't think Michael's crazy at all, although I certainly have my, mother. my list. It was a very hard choice. I agree with you. I think Ali is brilliantly funny, inventive, her own take on Ado Annie, which is a classic role, and that's very hard to do. And let us not forget that she does it all in a wheelchair which, again, talking to the diversity, but also just talking to the physical challenges of doing something that well without part of your body. And I think that may even sway Tony voters. Um, Amber was my choice, and I think stays my choice just because the charisma she brings to the role, which is somewhat more substantial. I mean, Persephone is almost an equal lead in Hades Town to Orpheus and Eurydice. Um, I think tilted in her favor, but I agree with you. This is a wide open category. I think anybody could really take this one. Yeah. Um, I think Sarah's chances are hurt now by the fact that they also nominated Lily Cooper. Two two actresses in the same show never really works out all that well for for Tony nominees. And in the movie of uh, Tootsie, as you recall, Jessica Lange in that same role was put in featured, even though she was really lead. But they didn't right. want they compete against herself for lead that year. Uh, I think Lily should have been up for lead. I do too. I was surprised they didn't move her. I have. Uh, you should get her first. Many t- I've talked with Jessica Lang many times about this issue of whether she belonged in lead or supporting in Tootsie, and s- several of these discussions are on YouTube. If you care to see it, if you want to hear anybody give you uh, say that that's insane that she was in the wrong category, you should listen to Jessica Lang on it. Where do you get this? That she 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 really gets riled up. It's quite funny. Well, why don't you call Terry Gar and give her comments? She's still <laughs> <laughs> she because Jessica was in the same category. Yes, I know. Uh, okay, any final thoughts here? Uh, uh, this is a odd year, isn't it for for the Tonys? Um, there is choices. I mean, speaking, they could have put anybody from Chelsea. They put Andy Gretelushin, who plays the Bill Murray part, the roommate for featured actor, and that was terrific. He's great. You could have also put Michael McGraw. You could have also put John Bailman, uh, Julie Halston. Everyone in Chelsea is pricelessly funny. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we've talked about this for a zillions of years. Um, my most fervent wish, this isn't totally answering your question, Tom, is that the Tonys would finally put in an ensemble category. And there is no greater ensemble on Broadway right now than the cast of Tootsie. Certainly musical-wise, but I would say in anything. And I would have loved if they had just, you know, maybe singling Santino out is fine, because he's truly the star, but everybody else from Lily to all those wonderful people you mentioned, my friend Julia Halston, Reg, John, Michael, uh, Sarah, 
this was the year we should have done that. If any year we should have done that, there should have been an ensemble. I think that might have even been true for Mockingbird. I mean, my fervent hope, honestly, is I want to see Celia and Keenan Bolger really get that Tony. Not because I think that performance is extraordinary, and she's also somebody who's so consistently brought brilliance and depth to the stage, even in a re at a relatively young age. But if you put that whole cast together, that was an ensemble. And I wish the Tonys would just reconsider that rule. It really could be the year where they make it up to Stephanie J. Block, Celia Keenan-Bolger, and Andre De Shields, three yeah. people nominated multiple times and never won. Uh, we did not uh, mention uh, Santiago uh, Fantana. Thank you for bringing him up, Brian. And the reason we didn't in our ticking off of predictions here is we all know that that's a subtle category. There's almost, uh, it's it's inconceivable to think that he could lose. He so dominates that stage and really owns that role. And after five minutes, you forgive him for not being Dustin Hoffman and, <laughs> and goes on, right? Santino, Santino yes. Yeah, um, yes. And he hits amazing high notes and it really was the year of high notes for male singers on Broadway. <laughs> Hadestown, Oklahoma, Tootsie. Jeremy uh, Pope's voice. Ain't you proud? A lot of great falsettos out there. Yeah, it could have been a special category. Taking Broadway. Taking parts away from women. <laughs> uh, okay, we're we're gonna wrap this up now, and Michael and I are going to make a pact to take down Brian Lipton in the next round of Tony predictions, because we are sick and tired of him publicly humiliating us, right, Michael? We're going to bury this guy this time. And I'm going after Jan Simpson, too. I wish you both the best of luck. <laughs> okay, thanks.